So I will read, I will read Smut on the Plane. Do what you want to do for Women's History Month. Read Smut on the Plane. Hi guys, welcome back to the episode of Spice Rock Podcast. Today we are going back to our dark romance roots. But before we get into promises and pomegranate, Sav, how are you doing? I was a feral little rat. <laughs> so St. Patrick's Day weekend one. Listen, it knocked me down, but I got back up again and I'm ready for round two. There will be no round three. I know I said that last weekend. There's no way I can make it to a round three. But other than that, I'm fine. How are you? I am good. I'm on spring break. I leave for DC on Thursday. I am so happy. I've never been. There's like an alumni event happening when I land. So I'm going to go to that. And I'm just so excited. And then, yeah, just hung out with a boyfriend. So. He's taking me to the airport on Thursday, and I just, I just think it's cute. I love watching happy couples kiss in the airport. I cannot wait for that to be you. I think he's just gonna drop me off at the curb. I don't think he's gonna walk me. Oh, boo! (laughs) I would like to play a video for everyone of how (laughs) feral and ridiculous I was this weekend. So I hope that you're gonna be able to hear this. What are you doing? I'm hammered. That's what I'm doing. Bring it on home! Stop me! Bring it on home! Stop me! Bring it on home! I think that is a top three Sav on the drunk video. And you just have Seth in the background. You're like, I'm hammered. For reference, that is me and my Stanley Cup. You have to post it. Oh, my God. Well, I can't because now my grandma follows us on Instagram. And she wants to listen to the podcast. So, Grandma, if you're here, sharp right. You need to take a swift <laughs> exit. <laughs> So yeah, that's what I've been doing. Just being, and it, it's going to continue. So hopefully by this time next week, I'll be on a juice cleanse because that's what I'll need in my life. I'm excited because I think we're both going to be feral this weekend and I'm excited. We haven't both been feral in a long time because on your birthday, I was a lot more feral than you were. Yes. I was stressed. Not I. I I said, you know what? Stress. You know what deters stress? Lemon drop shots. Let me take 27 of them. I want like a dive bar, five dive bars in one night, peaking in the next morning, kind of feral. Well, that's what I did this weekend because I did a bar crawl. And in Savannah, Georgia, every bar is a dive bar. Here's the deal. We went with new friends. And you know how when I get to a certain level of drunk, and like a certain type of music comes on. I'm grinding on Seth, 100%. <laughs> Still that type of girl. I'm I'm a grinder. Well, these people were new friends. <laughs> and Seth was like, you were absolutely on your shit. <laughs> so I don't know if that was great for my new budding friendship, but here we are. 
I love it. I love it. You guys know I like a boy. When I spent my Saturday evening watching a military. Have you ever seen the movie Red Dawn? No, but what is it with men in fucking military movies? Like, I am on the couch absolutely sobbing at this military movie. And that's how you know I'm a goner. Because I willingly sat through this two hour and a half military movie. This is how I know that you're in a new relationship. Because there's not a single fucking way in hell I'm sitting through this. It gets so nice when you've been together for long enough that you're like, yeah, I'm not fucking watching this. See you later. You know? When I leave, like when I travel for work and I come back home, Seth watches Band of Brothers every time. Every time I leave. And he'll watch like World War II documentaries. Men. Why? Like, Like you're, you're not learning anything new after watching like the fifth one. Like put it on fucking Bravo. Learn something. Anywho, Sav, have you been reading? (laughs) I have been reading. I went on a little bit of a bender last week. So I told y'all I started the Bonza Thai series and there was no spice, but it was setting you up for a reverse harem and set me up for a reverse harem. It did. So I read two, three, and four in three days. So Savage Bonds, Blood Bonds, and Forced forced bonds all by jay brie there's two more in the series cannot wait to get back into them then i reread promises and pomegranates and also my copy of my dark romeo i ordered it from lj the new lj and parker huntington um yeah yeah it came in yesterday so i think i'm gonna get into that soon i need to order it and then i'm gonna order it when this is a thing i think i'm gonna wait until the end of april to order it because because you're not in your kindle era at all right now you're no, on hard but copy. also i love lj and i love parker like I, that's like a hard copy book that i'd want you know it's gonna be a sleigh i know it's gonna be a sleigh but i have like a whole month of april's finals so i like want to give it the attention that it deserves that's fair that's fair so that's what, I'm gonna do. what but, about you have you been reading anything just the book we read this week. <laughs> Literally yesterday was the first day of break. I wore pajamas all day long and just read smut. As you should. Coffee and smut. Like that was it. As so. you should. That's honestly a dream. And I'm going to be bringing these books on the plane. Amazing. So It takes a really confident woman to take the fucking Monsters and Muses series on the plane. Me. <laughs> I love that for you. Are you going to take the the second one? Because it's Rockstar. Yeah, I think I am going to, because I don't know. I'm a religious, have to at the airport two hours early. Have to. So, <laughs> I think I'm going to bring like four books with me. Casual. <laughs> I mean, that's a great plan. Because <laughs> it's like a two hour flight. This is me when I and when I end up doing this, I'm like, fuck, let me just bring my Kindle. And so I'm not going to read any of the things on my TBR because I'm like, now I have too many books in the book bag. I'm overwhelmed and it gets heavy. Yeah, me and the Monsters and Muse series, we're going to DC. Pack it up. I'm going to sit like next to some like business 
nine to five dude on the plane. He's like, what the fuck is this bitch reading? I hope he reads over your shoulder. And I hope you make him a little uncomfortable. Because you know what? It's Women's History Month. <laughs> exactly. So I will read. I will read Smut on the plane. Do what you want to do for Women's History Month. Read Smut on the plane. Okay, there well, we if go. you read the rock star romance, let me know. Because I've never read a rock star before, but I don't know if I would like it. I've read one. It was like a trilogy. And there was no reason for it to be a trilogy. And she was the rock star. Oh. I just can't picture myself being a rock star. I need to, I can picture myself with a rock star, but I can't picture me being the one rocking. Do you remember Garage Band? Yeah. Yeah, that's like my peak that I would be a rock star. <laughs> I could be a drummer. Like I could go Travis Barker on these hoes, but other than that, like that's it. Okay. Should we get into promises and pomegranates? Yes. Sav R. Miller is an international best-selling author of adult romance with varying levels of darkness and steam. In 2018, Sav put her lifelong love of reading and writing to use and graduated with a BA in creative writing and a minor in cultural anthropology. Nowadays, she spends her time giving morally gray characters their happily ever afters. Books by Miller include the King's Trace anti-hero series, Be Still My Heart, and the Monsters and Muses series. Today, we'll be discussing Promises and Pomegranates, which is the first book in the Monsters and Muse series, and it follows Cal and Elena. I love today's dedication. So our dedication today is for my 13-year-old self, your obsession with Greek mythology, bad guys, and romance novels will eventually bring you here. I'm so proud of you. That's so cute. I also loved bad guys romance novels in Greek mythology at 13. Okay. Elena has grown up as the firstborn daughter in a mafia family and played the role of the mafia princess. Tired of playing by the rules, Elena loses her virginity to her dad's right hand and falls hard for cows since they match each other's darkness. When her nuptials to Matteo was announced, her dad's problem solver, Cal, knew he had one more problem to solve, not only to save Elena's life, but to receive his portion of the trust. After an unorthodox wedding ceremony, Cal whisked Elena to his private island, but her parents, who are unhappy about the nuptials, will stop at nothing to get Elena back home. When the truth drops as to why her family is upset about the nuptials, Elena and Cal's love for each other is put to the test. The plot twist in this book... I also love that you just called this, let me let me find it, an unorthodox <laughs> wedding ceremony. Her fiance was say, bleeding out. Yeah, I would say murdering the first husband <laughs> and then forcing the girl to marry you is a little unorthodox. <laughs> they had a full makeout session in front of the priest and the priest was like, hi, excuse myself. Yeah, the priest was like, should I be here? He's on retainer for sure. He got paid off for sure. So this was a reread for me and I read it last year. Just as good the second time around. I knew a plot twist was coming, but I couldn't remember what it was. Like I texted Emily and I was like, I know something's going to happen, but I cannot recall. And it was him fucking her mom. And I literally am just like, what? 
Could you continue a relationship if your fucking husband fucked your mom? No, no, no. And, and I would never talk kid. to my mom again. He was a kid. She was an abuser. It was just like, that's really bad. I was like, oh no, this is really, really bad. So that was our plot twist. Cal fucked Elena's mom. And then he was leaving books on the on the terrace, thinking that he was leaving them for the mom. And Elena ended up finding them. And that's how they've had this like lifelong connection. So a little taboo, but it's okay. Don't know if I can continue a relationship, but they figured it out. Cal is a little bit of a psycho, and I love that about him. But I personally think that Elena is the star of the show here. Narking on her shitty family, slay. Um, Beating the shit out of anybody who comes near her, like absolute slay. She was so prepared. I guess Mateo was abusive. It was never explicitly said. I like Sav R. Miller because you kind of like, I feel like you're guessing a lot in her books and like kind of coming to your own conclusion. So her original fiance that she'd been engaged to since like birth basically was an abusive piece of shit. And so she learned how to fight back and sister just be swinging on everybody. Swing first, ask questions later. And so I really like that she was going down fighting anytime she was going down. So I think that she was the star of the show here. She carried this book for me. However, Cal has his moments. But I think I just needed, I needed more from him, right? Like, where was the fire and the passion outside of them fucking? Like, when his dick was inside her, he was mesmerized by her. But when he wasn't, he, like, ignored her. And I felt really sad for her because I think she was really lonely for like a majority of this story. So I don't know. But he was definitely obsessed with her and he was a little crazy. Um, And Elena was just as psychotic as he was. So they ended up like working out. But I felt like Cal didn't win me over until the second half of the story. I love the way this is inspired by Hades and Persephone, but not a true retelling and all of the references to the mythology and the underworld, like the naming of the asphodel and Elena trying to grow her plants. I don't know. I just liked that it was like a loose, a loose comparison, but it wasn't like frame for frame the exact same in the beginning. So Cal has me in the beginning. He has me in the end, but he loses me a little bit in the min- in the middle. But in the beginning, he says, if Elena is even half as divine as the fruit of the Garden of Eden, I would absolutely understand Eve's surrender. That is just a sexy thing for a man to say. I was like, okay, Cal. And then my last thing is that towards the end of the story, after Elena finds out that Cal fucked her mom, because let's just talk about that again, they go to this ballet recital and they have like a box at the ballet recital. None of my ballet recitals had box options. (laughs) So that was unique for me. But they're in this box next to her parents. They end up fucking in the box. I'm sure Emily's going to talk about it. It was a very Emily-centric experience. However, before the little box attendant is like, sir, you cannot have explicit relations in here. Like, we cannot give you privacy. You will be fined. He pulls out all the cash in his wallet and says, consider this a down payment. Goddamn. You have to be so sexy and confident to say something like that and I was so into it consider this a down payment 
this Slay. was um the biggest like caucus motherfucker on the planet he was and you know his dick was big like you could look at him and be like oh he has big dick energy big dick energy i agree a little bit with the characters were a little bit lukewarm i had to say if someone fucked my mom i'm not dating them i'm not my jaw was on the floor Overall, I'm giving this book four stars. It was the mafia dark romance I needed. And you guys, now I love a good psychopath. Elena is a badass female character, and she refuses to be their mate, like the to remain the cookie cutter, like mafia princess. And when she ratted out her family, I was happy for her because they treated her like shit. And I think even her sisters treated her like shit at times. Um, like her dad literally sent men to attack her. Like she was drugged and attacked by her own dad. And they How could it fucking given- came in her hair. I was never her hair. That. That's fucked no. up. And she's going to go and like. I'm like her dad. Her dad sent men to like come on her. Like that's so fucked up and degrading. I cannot imagine. This poor that's girl like and her fucked up family. Such a piece of shit. Such a fucked up family. And she loves her family so much, but, like, they're treating her like this. Cal could have given more. He, to me, was, like, a lukewarm Killian from Gotham Alice. Like, I just wanted a little bit more umph. I wanted a little bit more umph from the housekeeper. Like, that housekeeper could have been, like, a little bit, like, sly. Like, she could have been just a little bit more. The writing was amazing. And I enjoyed, like, all the snippets of the poetry, the books. And I love how much power her rib tattoo had. Like the little pomegranate like rib tattoo. Like it just held like so much power. And so she um, doesn't wear panties when they get to his island. And I was like, that is such a power move. She's like, yeah, I haven't worn panties since we got here. And then there's a quote. This is where we get the like, you can escape, but I don't give a fuck. Let's get one thing straight. This is from Cal. Let's get one thing straight, little one. His hand grabs my ass, squeezing harshly before sliding at my side around my neck. Wrapping his fingers in a collar around my throat, he presses in at the sides, expelling the air from my lungs as he leans in and drags his nose along mine. We're married, husband and wife, before the good Lord himself. It's as legitimate as yours to Matteo would have been, except maybe even more so since we know each other so intimately. So, like, that's the thing. I love it. You're my wife. My wife my rings on your finger and i do like that this was an age gap but you couldn't really tell it was an age gap i love the the force of you're my wife he called her wife a lot like just like wife which is hot but i i just needed more i needed more drama more theatrics more delivery from cal and I understand because like he knows that like Elena is feeling lonely. He gives her the credit card. He starts to help her with the gardening. He understands that like she is lonely and like he does feel like the guilt, like he is trying, but I do feel bad for Elena. I really do. And I think that Cal in a way, like I, she just needed to get away from that family. And I'm glad that Cal was able to see how much her family sucks. I just wish that we would have built her in like a friend. Yeah, you know like, what I mean? Like, like the housekeeper could have become her best friend. Or even the sister. Like there could yeah. have been a friendship there. But it just, it feels like he took her to this island, which is off the coast of fucking Boston. So it's not like she's in the Caribbean, like <laughs> loving life, lounging in the sun. Like it's going to be fucking cold. And 
she just needed like she needed someone to be there for her that wasn't Cal and that wasn't herself. Yeah. Okay. Should we get into the spice? Yeah. I mean, the plot, I think minimal. (laughs) Plot is minimal. Plot secondary to spice. Um, So I gave it two peppers. How many peppers did you give it? Okay. I gave it two and a half peppers. Thinking back, I'm thinking it's closer to three for me. I'm going to give it two. I'm upping the wattage. I feel like the blood play makes it a little bit higher for me. There's a lot of knife play and blood play. Mm -hmm. We're going to get into it. Mm -hmm. A lot. Um, Cal is the number one advocate for fingering. (laughs) (laughs) It is true. He does. He loves a finger sash. Literally. Mid-conversation, he's shoving them up there. He goes, Elena wants a show. I'll give her fireworks. And this is one of my favorite quotes because this is how you know he's a cocky motherfucker. She, Elena goes, yes, Jesus, please. Right there. Cal goes, no saviors here. Just me and your husband dragging you to hell with him. At one point, Elena says, oh, my God. And Cal says, like, he's not here to save you now. Just me. He as in like capital H, like him, Christ. above. And I was like, that is hot. I love when a man, if someone says, oh my God, and a man says something about like, no God here, that's it for me. Yeah. Like I'm done. I'm done for. I'm going to talk about the theater scene. I have it pulled up. <laughs> you so, would. So Lena finds out that Cal has sex with her mom. She's living, but she's going to go support her sister's recital. And they have a private box. And so she comes in mad as hell, storming, da da da. And she like wants to have like hate sex. So Cal goes, You want me to fuck you until you can't remember how shitty I made you feel? Want me to shove my cock into you, make you come over and over until you're begging me to stop? I glance out at the still packed auditorium, hear the low chatter from her family's box, wondering how much of this they can hear. He goes, want me to fuck you right here, right now, where anyone in the city might hear or even see the way you come apart for me. (sighs) And then he goes, spread your legs, little one. I want to see just how fucking angry you are. And she goes, do you think anyone can see? And he goes, do you want me? Do you want them to see? But he is just. He gives her a lot of control, which a lot is of hot. Control. He is always the one that's in control, but he gives her a lot of choice. Yes. In and how much control that she has. And in the theater scene, this is probably one that I have OMFG highlighted. <laughs> he says, look at me. I command my mouth vibrating against her skin. I slide my hand down, pushing two fingers into her soaping sex, curling up until her back bows. You don't ever look anywhere else when you come on my tongue, little one. Eyes on me and my name on those pretty lips. He loved eye contact. I, okay. I can't, I can't do eye contact. You can't? No. Okay. Like we, were, like we were doing stuff on Saturday. I still haven't had, we still haven't had sex. But he was like, eyes on me. I just couldn't. I just couldn't. Okay, maybe you'll work your way into it. 
but I think it's hot that Elena could do like that confidence, but I just couldn't do it. Do I have to cut that out? Am I allowed to leave that in? You can leave. I don't know. He said he's not listening. Y'all, Emily is talking about her sex life on the podcast. This is so exciting. <laughs> Everyone do a little clap. <laughs> and grandma, if you're here, get the fuck out. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to look Betty in the face. Oh my God. Never again. Never again. She cannot listen to this. All right, I've got two eyes on me quotes that I want to discuss because the man loved eye contact. Look at your husband when you come for him. Oh God, my head slams back against the door, eyes fluttering shut. I doubt he could hear you get off like this. No, fuck. I doubt he could get you off like this. Cal says, teeth nipping at my second pulse, eyes on me. Okay, that was my God quote. I doubt he, capital H, could get you off like this. That is sinful in every way that is fun and decadent. My other eyes on me quote. Oh, I think you already said this. Don't ever look anywhere else. When Yeah, you said that, right? Yeah, in the theater. I'm so glad that we highlight the same scene. <laughs> yeah. I was just, it was, I was just, there's no words. No words. The theater no. scene was crazy. Wild. And the I fact love- that he already knew what was going to happen made it even hotter he said i'm gonna put this down payment for you i got this down payment here's the thing about the theater scene i get lost and i get brought back in you lose me i don't want a whole room of strangers to know that i'm having sex right yes but to spite the people right next to us that speaks to me but the other 150 people that doesn't speak to me no no All right. My personal favorite quote from this entire book. So she goes to this shitty dive bar that he owns where she had already been attacked. She's standing outside and she sees the sister standing out there too. Like, I've been trying to go in. I can't bring myself to face him. And Elena doesn't know at the time that she's his sister. Right. And she assumes that this is someone that he's like having a relationship with. So she storms her ass inside this dive bar where she was literally assaulted like a week ago, barges into his office and says like, are you fucking other people? Yes or no? Like I need to know as your wife. And so they end up fooling around because obviously he's not fucking anybody. He's obsessed with her. And she says, no, like what if other people hear? Cause he pushes her up against the door. We're like, you can see through the frosted glass, all the people that are in the bar. He says, I want them to hear, little one. Want them to know what I do to you, what only I can. One lick splicing right up my seam as he drives his fingers in quicker, and I'm already on the cusp of a fucking revelation. If you're jealous, I'm a goddamn psychopath. My favorite quote of the whole book. If you're jealous, I'm a goddamn psychopath. Like, their craziness matched each other. Their darkness matched each other craziness matched each other and I they they did love each other they did in like a roundabout kind of weird way but you know what I love that for them exactly they I feel like normally when you say they deserved each other it sounds like shitty but they deserved each other in like a good way I think they both like had really broken homes and really broken backgrounds and they deserved to find love in one another and to feel the connection that they felt together I agree. And I'm glad that 
she's got away from her shitty fucking family. Same. All right, let's get into some discussion questions because I want to break this down a little bit further. Like, realistically, could you be in a relationship with someone who had sex with your mom at any point? No. <laughs> like, that's no. fucking crazy to me. No. What, like about, that is- what about, like, a cousin? <laughs> like, a loose family member. A loose family member, yeah, but not my mom. Yeah, that's fucked. Like, dinner table? No. The dinner table where the mom comes in and her, like, fuck- She's she the number awful. one villain. She's the number one villain. It was god-awful. And she comes in and, like, is trying to be all sexy towards her husband. Like, that makes me want to gag. Yeah. Carmen is the number one villain in this story. Yeah, she sucks. No, I just, I, I just, yeah, no. I'm, I'm icked out. It gives me I'm the icked out. Crawlies. I'm icked out. I'm icked out. Kudos to Elena for like finding it within herself, but I'm not finding that within me. <laughs> like, no, I'm not bye. doing that. <laughs> Next. Next. That's the thing. I don't think that Cal would have given her a divorce. No, I think he would have. I liked how he won me back is at the end when he recognized that she had never made a choice for herself. Everything in her life had been predetermined. And she was like this good girl who just took it. And he gave her the choice of like, you don't have to be with me. That was when he won me back. I think he would have never let go. I don't think he would have ever moved on, but I think he would have let her go. You think so? I mean, I like to fucking think so. The only reason I liked the man in the end was because he gave her the choice. So if the choice was bullshit, then that's going to make me angry. (laughs) What's the point of saying that you're giving her a choice if you really aren't giving her a choice? That's true. Optics, I guess. But And I know that um, their story will continue in glances throughout the other stuff. So I've only read the first one and the last one in this series. I have skipped all the other ones. <laughs> one and five is all I've read. Okay. We got to talk about the knife play. It's a no for me. It's a no for me. You think? Yeah. Hmm. Here's where I'm at. I, I love the concept of the K on her thigh. In theory, very hot. It's the reopening of the same wound, like, time and time again, that doesn't do it for me. I don't want to be carved. Like a little Thanksgiving ham. Yeah, I just, I tear up when I get my eyebrows waxed. I just don't see how how it would be enjoyable. Yeah, I don't really get off on pain. So I don't think that that would be it for me. But again, the concept of like having the caveman in me loves like the brand somewhere on you of like you belong to someone. But in actuality, I don't know that I could like commit. Because this is my thing. Let's say you have a K on your thigh. What happens when you go to like on a family vacation? Well, she's not going on any family. Yeah, I know. Obviously. (laughs) It is just something that I can't, I can't get on board. I 
think that knife play could it's not for me not for me for other people and I think if you're doing it safely then it's fine but I I'd be concerned about diseases I'm concerned about like are we cleaning the knives but also Cal was a doctor so he couldn't kill you yeah like he would like would treat it with like ointment and stuff yeah so like that I think is fine but what worries me Hold on, I'm going somewhere with this. Stick with me. Okay, I'm. I don't know if y'all follow Balesa. It's. A, I don't know if that's how you say it. They are like a female-owned porn company, and their Instagram is so fucking funny. And so yesterday, they tweeted something, and it said, "No, babe, you're still cute. It's just the way you said who's a good girl while railing me instead of that's a good girl threw me off a little." And so. The same way that I feel like men on TikTok have heard that we want to be called a good girl and are potentially saying, like, who's a good girl? Like, we're fucking dogs. The same way that men on TikTok have fucked that up. Like, if they figure out that we want knife play, like, can you imagine your local white boy, convenience store white boy, like, pulling a knife on you in the bedroom? Like, I just think it has to be the right type of person who's going to do it right. Yeah. Like, diesel. Yeah. Like, True psychopaths and mafia men, I think, could do knife play. Average Joe, the guy that you meet at fucking like social. Is he, is he using his? Is he using his kitchen knife? Like the, exactly. What kind of knife is he using? Is is he fucking gutting fish with the same knife he's opening up? With you? If you go for tender fish, boy, <laughs> like do not allow knife play. He's cutting the line and stuff with that knife. That is not sanitary. So again, the same way that not every man can pull off a good girl, I don't think every man can pull off a knife play. No, I agree. All right. My scenario question of the day. You get kidnapped to an island. Not okay. like a not like a fun tropical island, because remember, this is off the coast of fucking Boston, so it's cold. So you get kidnapped to an island. With your forced husband, and he gives you his credit card, and you can pick up a hobby. What are you picking? This is hard. What are you picking? Plants? I genuinely have no idea. Maybe like painting or something crafty. I'd get like I a thinking, nice sunroom. Yeah, because I I told Sav this, guys. I'm gonna get into embroidery. Sav convinced me. The Ryan I, Shea Converse. Is yeah, what really the Ryan Shea. <laughs> Converse. Um, I would say probably like painting or like embroidering something because he has so many books. Right. Like I can read all day long, but I need something to like stimulate me. Yeah. It would have to be something crafty. Yeah. I just, I loved her. She was like, she started off fishing. That didn't work. She's like, let me grow some plants. And that didn't really work either. But she was out there trying every day. He supported her. He's like, she went out there with her pink rod. And he helped her with the soil, which I thought was very cute and endearing. He tried. He tried. He tried. I think that he was a true psychopath and like wasn't really capable of some emotion. But like he gave it his best shot. Yeah. Like he knew that she felt lonely and wanted to fix things. Yeah. So, you know, Cal, you gave your best. Okay, so we have to put Cal on our boyfriend pyramid, which is going to be tough. But if you're new here, 
We have a scientifically proven boyfriend pyramid, girlies in STEM. At the bottom of the pyramid is ultimate friends with benefits. You do it maybe once, maybe a couple times. You maybe would tell your friends, but also might would sneak away in the middle of the night and tell no one. And then you have meet the family. This is someone that you're down to like long-term date. You'd bring them home on Thanksgiving. You might would move in with them, but it's just not enough to like take it to the next level. Then you've got white picket fence. You want to settle down in the suburbs, have a red door, a white picket fence, a golden retriever, or a, a doodle. You want to have a labradoodle and two and a half kids. And then at the top of the pyramid is God tier, which not everyone can be God tier, but a lot of people can be God tier. Um, and so that's our pyramid breakdown. And so, Emily, where are you going to put Cal on the boyfriend pyramid? This is so hard. I know. I feel the same way. I like don't. I feel like he could go anywhere. He can go anywhere. He's not going God tier. I'm going to say white picket fence. Okay. I'm going to say white picket fence. Where are you settling on? I think I'm going meet the fam, potentially. Or... Or I'm going ultimate friends with benefits and I'm going to do it a couple times and like get my fix and then move on. I think I'm going to settle <clears throat> settle with white picket fence. Okay. Yeah, I'm somewhere on the bottom, the the lower half of the pyramid. Not that he wasn't great. Like I said, I just want, I like needed more from him emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, I texted Sab at the beginning and I was like, Cal and Killian can be roommates in the God tier house. But then it just kind of yeah dipped he had the physical down he the dick was dicking you know what i mean (laughs) dick was working but the emotion like i needed the other half too i want physical and emotional and he was just giving physical which i can do but i don't need to like marry or put him in god tier period period look at us making thoughtfully informed decisions on this podcast developed frontal lobes well thank you guys we hope you guys enjoyed this episode and next week we are going to do twisted by emily mcintyre so it is jasmine and aladdin and if you've ever read anything by emily mcintyre minimal plot optimal spice so we hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we'll see you guys next week bye